the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government with a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other. He's Sean Thompson, and this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. I missed you, squirrel. You peculiar-looking son of a gun and honey bunny. But before I get started, I want to say thank you. Not only did John Anthony not break my show, but he did exactly what I knew he was going to do. He made it interesting. He was an excellent fill-in, and he is an excellent radio host, even though his sidekick is peculiar-looking and a troublemaker. But thank you very much to John Anthony and Verlan, allowing me to have a couple of days off, which was very interesting as I spent my time in one of the biggest reasons you have to fight the Leviathan of the Marxist Mafia, the state of California, the most beautiful place in America, dare I say the world, and look at what politics has done to the once great economy, the once great state that produced Ronald Reagan. When you focus on men in tights chasing balls, all kinds of bad things happen. The mafia doesn't sleep. The real Nazis, the Fourth Reich, they never sleep. And yes, they're celebrated in not just Canada, but right here in Washington, D.C. Why is it no president has ever gone to a labor strike extortion mafia rally and spoke so kindly about knuckling under other Americans. You see, that's who those corporations are. So the reason that this has never happened before is because, in theory, it should never happen in the history of this country. But the country has been bastardized where this crooked rat, this feeble fascist, this obvious asset of enemies, foreign and domestic, the most corrupt political whore this nation has ever seen, has stolen an election and is pretending to be president as he backdoor nationalizes everything. That's what he's doing. The dimwit in diapers, live from the People Worker Party, the National Social Worker Party, just like Heimlich Henry, Henry Heilich, whoever that Nazi was that they celebrated in Canada. You guys, the UAW, you saved the automobile industry back in 2008 and before. Made a lot of sacrifices. Now, there's a lot going into this dementia-ridden Fairy tale. We saved. No, there's no we. Hey, scumbag. One thing we know about you and your crack smoking degenerate son and your dog faced sister and your moron brother. You just uh, profited from policy. You're policy profiteers. You steer contracts. You steal money. You take kickbacks. You portray yourself as somehow virtuous the whole time stealing and working with the most corrupt lobbyists and nations in Europe and around the world. So there's no we. You've never paid your taxes as you've stolen money you found an avenue to always avoid taxes you're a democrat scum like the rest of them in the meantime what you're doing is 
exactly the opposite of what an American president is supposed to do in any case. You're not just picking winners and losers. You're picking the most corrupt union, dare I say, in the nation. And they have massive competition as the UAW specifically has misappropriated $70 million in the last 15 years. That these idiots, these butter-handed, half-assed gangsters, try it. I wish, I wish it was the old days. In the meantime, they have stolen from the workers. And now you're going to pretend you're down with the workers? Gave up a lot. And the companies were in trouble. Now- they were not saved by unions. Unions knuckled them under. And they pretend to give away something they should have never gotten. And it's a sacrifice. It's the American people, the entrepreneurs, and the companies, the ones you just cited against today. You feeble moron. You're doing incredibly well. And guess what? You should be doing incredibly well, too. First of all, are they doing incredibly well? You know, I'm getting awful tired. See, I'm not good at repeating bull dung from a con man Democrat. They're not doing incredibly well. In fact, if it wasn't for subsidies, municipal purchases, this company would have been bankrupt as it should have been years ago. It's a con job. The whole fracking company is a con job. And they give special payment, 0% financing, 84 months. Just come in and sign. Are you a dog? It's like hop buying houses in 2005. Any moron that shows up can get one of these things. However, what he's doing is exposing why it is nothing more than a charity. And that's all you're you're witnessing today. And 40% is what the worker strike is for. A 40% increase. Do you think that number is accidental, Squirrel? No, it's not. That's exactly the cost of allowing this dimwit in diapers to steal the office. See, if you're not in the labor extortion mafia, it's cost you 40% of your dollar buying power to have this dimwit in diapers pretend to be president. Wall Street didn't build the country. The middle class built the country. First of all, stupid. As anybody who supports you and cheers for you is stupid. Wall Street is part of the citizens. The citizens, particularly the Dutch, came up with an idea for farmers and people who worked in industries that had risk to offset their risk. Wall Street did build the richest country in the shortest amount of time. Not the labor extortion mafias that have not only destroyed areas that these mafias thrive in, you know, the Democrat-led ones, but have destroyed all countries in Europe. And the idea you're preaching of collectivism and a top-down control of every aspect of labor like the Chinese Communist Worker Party or the Third Reich Nazis. That has destroyed the quality of life everywhere. So I will tell you this, entrepreneurs and Americans who found a way to offset risk for people willing to take it, built this country. Not these fat-ass labor extortion mafia dons who have managed to carve out billions of dollars, pay themselves all kinds of money and their moron relatives, buy the big road masters that nobody else will buy, drive around and eat 14 times a day. The labor extortion mafia unions built nothing but a way to legitimize corruption. That's why you're there, corrupt whore. built the middle class. So let's keep going. You deserve what you've earned, and you've earned a hell of a lot more than you're getting paid now. You deserve a a hell of a lot more than you get paid now. What? That is right. So he picks this one specific extortion mafia ring. And the guys who make cars who cannot compete with non-union labor, you can't compete. So you need the chicken tax, you need the tariff tax, you need because you can't compete. Not to mention, I believe that particular factory... Was that Ford? 
the highest amount of recalls in automotive history in one year. You couldn't figure out the parking brake. You need a raise. You need a pay cut. You need an enema. And what you need is the American law on the side of the worker that doesn't want to be extorted by the short in the pants, Sean Fain and O'Malley and O'Maverick and every other half-assed, butter-handed gangster that wants to steal from the worker and steal from the company. So they can make 700000 a year. Like the union president this idiot was cozying up to. And all the moron workers think that he's helping? What he has done is take away your ability to be excellent. In fact, all he represents and all your union represents is mediocrity at an extremely high cost. Which is why you should cozy up. Like Menendez... Like all the other corrupt Democrat scum throughout the years. How did Menendez put 500000 in his closet? Oh, he said he saved a little cash. And that doesn't mean anything to the Democrat. Because he doesn't care that it's a mathematical impossibility for this scallywag scum. Who's been, in, who, who's been under investigation multiple times. But should have went to jail when he was banging $30 hookers in a third world country. In the meantime, they don't care that he stole the money. All they care about is he's a strong union supporting Democrat. From New Jersey, Bob Menendez. And you'll get the pass. But it's important you understand what exactly we're celebrating. We're celebrating the kind of thing that happened in Canada on Friday. We have here in the chamber today Ukrainian Canadians, Ukrainian Canadian world veteran from the Second World War who fought the Ukrainian independence against the Russians and continues to support the troops today, even at his age of 98. He gets another one of this. Now, you know what he is, Squirrel? He's a longtime member of the National Socialist Worker Party of Germany, often referred to as the Nazis. He's a Nazi, in fact, a war criminal. And the real question is, how did he get to Canada? And then there's the other question. In 98, he was a part of the Nazis. But which part was he a part of? Heinrich Himmler, Vollstrecker der Mordbefehle. That's Heinrich Himmler. He is part of the SS. And he gave an award to the Wolfgaga, whatever they are, whatever ones my uncles killed in Germany. And I'm very proud of my uncles. He was given an award to this particular SS branch that this Canadian was celebrated and given two two, uh, standing ovations for. Because what Heinrich Himmler recognized, the Wolfhagen SS troop, whatever this idiot was from, is because of their absolute total efficiency at killing Polish Jews. That's why he was on the run until celebrated before Canada. And in the meantime, you think it's just embarrassing? What they did is celebrate the National Socialist Worker Party because Canada and the American Democrats subscribe to the same ideology. Obviously, it's extremely upsetting that this happened. Uh, the speaker, speaker has uh, acknowledged his mistake uh, and has apologized. Uh, but this is something that is deeply embarrassing to the Parliament of Canada and, by extension, to all Canadians. Uh, I think particularly of Jewish MPs and all members of the Jewish community across the country who are uh, celebrating Yom, or commemorating Yom Kippur today. Uh, I think it's going to be really important that all... You celebrated a fracking Nazi. That my country and yours, my country specifically, lost 500,000 people fighting. 
500,000. But not all of them got lost. There are my uncles who killed an untold amount and pleasured their women afterwards. In the meantime, in Canada, they're celebrated and they're cheered. And you think that's just embarrassing? The way that the Third Reich was started was by supporting the so-called worker party. Now, it can be supported by citizens. And that's irrelevant. Most unions fail because they can't compete. The only time they succeed is when the government, as it did in Germany under the Third Reich, supports the organized extortion mafias that destroy the property rights of free people. You guys, UAW, you saved the automobile industry back in two of No, we didn't save the automobile industry. We committed a fraud and turned a once great company, an example of American ingenuity and American manufacturing, into a pass-through for the Fourth Reich. And they will cheer in the way the Canadians cheer for a Third Reich Nazi. All because they want something they don't deserve. That's why. That's how you backdoor nationalize a once free country. So celebrate this dimwit in diapers that you all know is a fool. And two of the great artists of our time representing the groundbreaking legacy of hip hop in America, LLJ Cool J. Uh, by the way, that boy's got. That's right. Vote for him. Now step and fetch, Democrats. Vote for this dimwit in diapers. Because you, just like the UAWs, just like the Third Reich, you all want something for nothing you don't deserve. 312-642-5600. Marxists, socialists, and communists are not welcome. On the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. There is a connection between the Fourth Reich and the Third Reich. And only the ignoramuses would not make it. You see, this was my argument against supporting the Azov-infiltrated, most corrupt government in the world in Ukraine. Their links to the Nazis. It's not just Stefan Bandera. It exists in Ukraine today. And celebrating Yerovslav Hunka, which is this particular Nazi from the Waffen, to celebrate him is an ignorant insult to history itself. You see, the Waffen SS was arguably the most efficient at killing innocent people. They enslaved hundreds of thousands of Poles, murdering, murdering women and children. And in this clip of this evil, genital deformed Nazi Heinrich Himmler. He goes on to celebrate how many women were put into servitude and murdered after they dug the trenches so that the tanks could kill our allies at the time, called the Russians. Heinrich Himmler, Vollstrecker der Mordbefehle. And only this generation, these ungrateful, entitled scourge that want their tuition and their health care and their kids to go to school so they don't have to be parents. Only this generation of Fourth Reich morons would celebrate anything even remotely attached to the National Socialist Worker Party of the Nazis. And unwittingly supporting the rise of the Fourth Reich here in America. 
And that's what you're witnessing. Now, at the same time, the government faces what? A shutdown because they run out of money? Nobody wants to restrain the feeble Fuhrer, the dimwit in diapers, from giving away money in forms of subsidies to his pet projects or his loyal voter base? I do. I do. And it's time to shut down this fracking government. So you're going to hear by Friday, you're going to get beat over the head. We got to come to the middle. Listen to me. I just got back from arguably the most beautiful place on the planet where the people walk around like communists in Cuba because they're afraid of what their neighbors or the government might think of their patriotism to your country and mine. This is how you destroy a nation. And if you can destroy the place that produced arguably the best president this nation ever had in this present crisis government is not the solution to our problem government is the problem it is time to reawaken this industrial giant to get government back within its means and to lighten our punitive tax burden and these will be our first priorities and on these principles there will be no compromise everyone of the Democrats that want something for nothing is against those principles. Every member of the Fourth Reich, every legacy Chicago Democrat scum voter is against that. And for the Henrik Heimlers, yeah, you are. You don't fool me. And you're not going to California, my nation. Uh, Eduardo, Tampa Bay. Yeah, thank you, uh, Sean, for taking my call. As we speak, we have eight buses heading towards Chicago PD station. Good. Uh, Mr. Biden should be there on the border with the bullhorn. Oh, another thing, we need alligators in the real grande. That way they won't be able to pass. Now the alligators, they don't want to feast on them. They don't want to feast on them. Now they don't. You get high. You don't want a fentanyl-enraged alligator. It'll be bad. Do you ever watch Cocaine Bear Squirrel? Imagine fentanyl alligator. Be terrible. Uh, Glenn and Oakbrook. Yeah. Hey, Sean, thanks for taking my call. I have two things. First of all, if you believe that Biden is leading the country successfully, you should be in a special tax bracket and pay 99% tax with no deduction. That's my favorite part. They never pay their own taxes. That is my favorite part. I was just in California and, and a wonderful guy said to me, you have to see how these accountants who are lifelong Democrats navigate and all this. They never pay their own. They're like Hunter Biden. His 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 dimwit dog faced aunt and the moron uncle and and they never pay their own taxes. Let's hide it in book sales. No one will find it. Yeah, go ahead. Or artwork. And then the other thing is uh, 16th District in Chicago police station. They uh, had to send the non-police people home because there's an outbreak of scabies that uh, is occurring there. Did you hear about this? It doesn't surprise Uh, me. It doesn't. Does it surprise you? No, it doesn't surprise me, but it's like, what did you think was going to happen? Well, this is what happens when third world governments turn their people into slaves. You know, the reason these people are so untaken care of, unkept, and are fleeing their nations is because their government is corrupt. In fact, you can't work without being a payoff to the government. You know, like a UAW can't work on an American car, that kind of thing. You can't do it. So it's it's I I, my sympathy is with the, the the slave who's turned into the conditions because of the government. See, I want to tear down those governments. Instead, I also would like to find out what happened to the $1.5 billion the tramp, some call Vice President Kamala Harris, paid to El Salvador, Nicaragua, Venezuela. Where's the money? You see, because what I've figured out, and what I think anybody can, 
is the reason that they're all here is because they profit from it. As so many people are unwilling to talk about how much money in the so-called immigrant crisis goes to the posse of the Democrat politician like Brandon Johnson in Chicago. They don't like answering questions. In fact, I don't think they want to talk about it at all. The rise in violent crime in Chicago has been coupled with the tax on the men and women who wear the uniform on our great law enforcement officers. 2021, 76 Chicago police officers were shot in the line of duty. Two officers, tragically, have already been killed this year. The brave men and women, uh, men and women in law enforcement deserve better. Chicago leaders have argued Ms. Fox policies on non-prosecution and eliminating cash bail are keeping too many criminals on the streets. Hey, I mean, if you're going to be a lawbreaker, where else would you live? This is the best state, city, and county for scallywag scum, predators, lawbreakers, hijackers, thieves, and rapists. Come on, come all. It's a sanctuary city. We'll be back after this. He's Sean Thompson. Hello, Mr. Thompson. And this is the Sean Thompson Show on AM 560, The Answer. AM 560, The Answer. The wife of a Ukrainian politician has been caught allegedly smuggling $28 million and 1.3 million euros in cash. Not enough. Anastasia. Does nobody cares. Keep giving him money. President Zelensky is under fire for corruption. A new report says he embezzled the aid money. Not it enough. By- Keep giving him money. What about the global warming? The climate. The climate and sky is falling. Now we need to have uh, tougher sanctions, and I'm afraid at some point this is going to probably have to involve, involve oil and gas. Uh, the Russian economy is vulnerable. 80% uh-huh. of Russian exports Everything's are. vulnerable. Then we blow up Nord Stream 2 pipeline. Set up a foundation in Ukraine before Ukraine became independent of uh, Russia. And if that's um, not enough, Squirrel, found- if that's not enough, since day one, I was totally against Funding the most corrupt country in the world. And they were the most friendly to the Azov Nazi battalion, which was involved in killing Ukrainian citizens in a civil war for eight fracking years. Eight years. And now I got to have this scoundrel, this scallywag come with his tin can as he stole more money, shows up in his green shirt. The comedian, an actor who last time I saw him, he was dancing around in high heels with a halter top on insulting, not just American, but the legacy of what our country did in World War II. We fended and killed the Nazis. What was the biggest problem between Stefan Bandera, the Azov Nazis, and Poland, Squirrel? They killed 100,000 of them. In the meantime, Poland finally woke up. Sent to Kiev. Talk to our correspondent, uh, Gulliver Craig, who joins us from there. Gulliver, why then has there been this uh, huge falling out between the two countries? Well, first of all, we should perhaps um, make it clear that Mateusz Morawiecki used the present tense in his declaration in Polish, said we're not um, supplying arms to Ukraine, we're concentrating on um, our own, building up our own uh, defences. And he also Maybe that's because they found out that that missile wasn't the only one that Ukraine just misfire in the Poland. They've been trying to kill the Poles for 100 years. Jeff, countryside. Sean, how are you? Aggravated. How are you, kid? But I'm also relaxed because I had a few days off, but go ahead. Good, good. Uh, I just want to keep it short, short, sweet. Um, I'm a Canadian, but I, um, and I'm also an American dual citizen. Been here since 2008. Um, this is the best country in the world uh, by far. Uh, what happened in Canada the past weekend is what an embarrassment and 
the, the, the truth about Trudeau that's not out yet is before he was in politics, he was uh, a, a high school drama teacher mm-hmm. uh, in B.C., so out west, British Columbia. Mm-hmm. And he left, half, left halfway through the semester, and it's, they never said why, but there is a sexual allegation between him and a 14-year-old girl yeah. out there where he also ended up uh, giving her parents a $2.25 million uh, non-disclosure agreement to keep quiet. So when that comes out, that's going to rock Canada sideways. Wow. And I, Jeff, are you sure? Because in America, among Democrats, that's a resume builder. In fact, oh, know, no one's talking about J.P. Morgan and Epstein Island. They just settled another part of their $290 million. It's insane. That. Yeah. Jeff, but here's that. the thing people don't know, Americans specifically. Pierre Trudeau, very interesting cartoon character, very interesting guy. However, undoubtedly a Mao Zedong sympathizer, communist sympathizer, who was an, an asset to Mao Zedong and the Communist Party. Most Americans have no idea of the Mao Zedong-China connection to his father, Pierre Trudeau. And let alone the mother was a schizophrenic who loved to tramp around at Studio 54. But they're riddled in scandal, Jeff. The uh, only real shocking part of that story is that he is a heterosexual. Thank you very much, Jeff. Appreciate the quote. Thank you. Thank you for listening. By the way, Jeff, if you're still listening, America is better off for having somebody like you who understands the principles of Americanism. We're much better off with the Canadian transfer citizen than we are the Chicago short-in-the-pants Democrat. Hey, you got a job? I drive around on a truck. Just saw one of those characters, too. George in Naperville. Sean, it's good that you're back. Things are really bad here. Uh, White Sox tickets are selling for a dollar, and people can't even yeah. afford peanuts and Cracker Jack anymore. I'll tell you what, George, if they gave me 200 I wouldn't go to that st- stadium. Brian Gurney. Hey, Sean, uh, I want to tell you about the, the crime in Chicago. Well, how about the crime in San Francisco, Portland, Seattle, New York, where Target is closing nine stores in those cities? Well, Chicago could achieve the same thing that's going on in those cities. Keep on doing the crack. The, 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 no did panel, you hear? I mean, no I mean, did you hear? I was getting ready for the show, and I had Gorka, and CVS is closing 900 stores. Why do you think that is, brother? Why do you think Walgreens oh. is pulling out? Walmarts are pulling out. They're pulling out because we are devolving into a third world country. Only in Democrat sewer areas. And the interesting thing, thank you very much for the call. The interesting thing about this is it's only in the Democrat strongholds. It's like Chicago. Just drive 40 minutes west. And it's not like it is in Chicago. What could it be? What could it be? What do you think the difference is? Absolute and total corruption. Now to a fiery meeting on the northwest side tonight where violent robberies were way up. Tonight, residents were invited to a town hall meeting to learn how local leaders are addressing the issue. Natalie Bomke. This might be my favorite. This this truly might be my favorite part. There's an older birthing person who pretends to be a man. She's got her hair cut like a guy. She's got a guy suit on. And she pretends to be a man. It's absolutely priceless, Squirrel. It's here with the fireworks. And tonight, we have new video that's only going to add fuel to that fire. An attack happening just this afternoon in Bucktown in an alley at Damon and Armitage. Two crooks jumped a 33-year-old man just walking by and eating pizza. We stopped the video before the victim is sucker punched. Then, vis- By the way, if you watch the video, it'll make you want to get in your car with my ex that I drive around with and look for these 
Democrat base. Honor roll students from the CPS, I believe. These might be the only two out of 50 that can read. Viciously beaten, kicked, and robbed. Fortunately, he was not seriously hurt. And now to tonight's community meeting on violence just like this. And residents have had enough. The meeting began with shouts. You know what else I, I, I can't help but notice from the, the, the mannequin pretending to be a reporter? He was not seriously hurt. How do you know that? You think a beating is just physical? What do you think? I mean, what happened to all this touchy-feely bull dung? What if he doesn't feel like a man anymore? Starts walking around in a dress. Oh, okay, you got a plan for that. He might get money for that. From residents, one man was ejected. It took place in Humboldt Park, an area adjacent to the 14th Police District that has reported a huge spike in robberies this year compared to last. By the way, this is the alderman who thinks she's a man. Nobody tell her, you can't ride in the snow. You can't go to the urinal at Wrigley. You're just a girl dressed like a man. I, I want to respect how you're feeling. And let's just focus on me. We don't really need lots of people talking. All right? Are we okay? The robbery's have gone What did she talk? Hey, 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 stupid. You in the man suit. What the hell are you talking about? I'm telling you to enforce the law, dummy. I don't want to be your pal. Uh, quite a bit. I know most people here are because and concerned about these robberies. It's not just a 14th district problem. It's not a 25th district problem. It's- you know what you need? Batman. You need Batman, Squirrel. Yeah, you do. Somebody dress up like Batman and start baiting the hell out of these people. Because if you keep waiting for government to do its very few jobs that it is supposed to do, which is protect the innocent law-abiding citizen, if you live in these Democrat-run mafia sewers, it ain't happening. They want to be your friend. Citywide. Uh, the residents are now calling the police. Um, so that's, that's a big issue. Older people Daniel Laspada and Jesse Fuentes, who hosts. I think Jesse Fuentes is the one who pretends to be a fellow. They're not older people. They're older men or 50 thieves. Either one is acceptable. The meeting pointed to Mayor Johnson's initiative to engage Chicago youth as a big part of the long term solution. In the short term, yeah. they believe talking about the problem will make people feel safer. That's my Scott? favorite part. Let's talk about the problem. Like some sort of dimwit marriage counselor where the marriage counselor is divorced. It's not working. Put a for sale sign in your lawn. 312-642-5600. He believes in freedom, capitalism, and individual liberty. And because of that, he's become an enemy of the state. He's Sean Thompson, and this is The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. You need Batman, squirrel? Yeah, you do. Wouldn't mind a little Catwoman. Although in Chicago, I, I only hope Catwoman doesn't have balls. In the meantime, here's a story. Illinois police sees 5,200 pounds of cannabis in one of the largest seizures in state history between 6 and $12 million worth of cannabis. Robert Mazo and Pedro Aurelia, probably Irish. You think they're Scottish? Oh, they might be Welch? All right, they're Welch. Uh, both from Lancaster, California, were arrested. Charges of cannabis trafficking, uh, unlawful possession of cannabis, more than 5,000 grams with intent to sell. It's great. Guess what? Mazo and Aurelio were taken into custody, transported to Henry County Jail. Well, Henry County Jail State's attorney, 
office filed petitions to detain both Mazo and Aurelio. The two were released on pretrial conditions. All right. I hope you guys come back. Please come back. It's like that scumbag that shot his dog. Let out by the by the woman judge who looks like every man husband in Oak Park. Yeah, looks good. Craig and Mount Greenwood. All right, Craig and Mount Greenwood. I don't know who he's arguing with a chipmunk. In the meantime, these are the stories that matter. And uh, what's happening in Chicago, although chaotic, it's very profitable. Not for you and me. No, no, no. We're the people that pay taxes. But for the scum who were making water payment bills on their bill, they couldn't pay their full water, but they had to pay bills. I'm going to go on a payment plan. But your suit is 6200 That's okay. I'm going to go on a payment plan. Chicago Democrat, now the mayor. Tonight, some more calls for transparency over exactly how much the city of Chicago is spending to care for and to house more than 14,000 migrants. As aldermen demand more oversight, the city of Chicago... By the way, do you have a count, like a little thing that at Disney where they go through the turnstile? Do we know it's 14? You think it could be more? Chicago has denied a request for more records from NBC5 Investigates. Bennett Haberly joins us now with more on that story. Bennett. Marion and Stefan, for months we've been asking for more spending receipts like this since we first learned staffers working to care for migrants in the city build the city of Chicago for anywhere between $135 to $200 an hour. Oh, what do you think? You're in the UAW? Take it easy. Since August of last year, the city of Chicago has paid a Kansas-based company, Favorite Healthcare Staffing, more than $57 million. The company, with a satellite office on the northwest side, holds the contract to provide staffing for migrant shelters across Chicago. In an effort to follow how those dollars have been spent, NBC5 Investigates filed a Freedom of Information Act request asking for a year's worth of invoices. But this letter shows the city has denied our request as unduly burdensome, noting there are 498 payment vouchers that require redactions, and that would take 124 hours of staff time, posing an immense burden. We can't show you. We'd love. We'd love. We'd love to show you. We can't. It's going to take all that time. But you're 200 million short. I know. We're going to get to it as soon as we get these workers off their ass. A burden so large, the city says, that it outweighs the public interest in the information. What's curious is that before this denial letter, the city already provided us with these two invoices, showing with overtime, a nurse at this High Ridge YMCA shelter earned $20,000 in a week. During that same week last December, a shelter manager made 14000 This requires a great deal of attention, a lot more transparency. The fact that news organizations are only giving... What's great about this is it's an example as to the intended, the intended failed policy that the Democrats are finally getting to really reap the rewards of. This is the intention all along. And now when you wonder, when you how did that, how did that company from Kansas City Get the contract. It'll also help you figure out how the scumbag Bob Menendez had half a million dollars in his suits. I recognize uh, this will be the biggest fight uh, yet. A defiant Senator Bob Menendez showed no signs of backing down Monday. I firmly believe that when all... Anybody want to go through the closets at Brandon Johnson's house? I mean, aside from touching a $6,300 Brioni suit, anybody want to go through the pocket? The facts are presented... Not only will I be exonerated, but I still will be the New Jersey's senior senator. There's no question he will be. No question. If you couldn't hang him on the fact that we had third world underage sex workers on tape testifying 
to Menendez's uh, consumption of underage prostitution in such third world countries as Costa Rica and the rest of it. Flying there in a private jet. And he still was given a hung jury by New Jersey Democrats. This is nothing. You think this offends Democrats? It titillates them. They want to have money in their suits that they never have to claim or pay taxes on. They're Democrats. In an indictment filed last week, prosecutors allege Menendez used his influence on the Foreign Relations Committee to secretly aid the government of Egypt and try to thwart the criminal prosecution of a friend in exchange for bribes. You think that's all he did? You mean you think that's all he did? He just was helping a contract? You don't think he steered not just the money for that contract, but foreign policies in the way the dimwit in diapers did to Ukraine that now is cashing out on? They've been cultivating this corruption for decades. It's a great year to be a scumbag. 2023, when Joe Biden pretends to be the president. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like on top of me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy, because it feels so When the autopsy of American Dark Ages is done in the future, and Americans look back and say, what happened? What what was the turning point of the principles of Americanism? It will come down to the American government's reaction to COVID-19 unequivocally, where we broke every principle, every rule that this country was founded on. Now, we're going to have to have people who understand the specifics and the facts. My next guest is... One of those people. He's a pulmonary and critical care medicine specialist. He's also has served as a senior editor of award-winning textbooks. In fact, most of them have been translated into seven languages. He uh, is from the University of Wisconsin as a associate professor, and he's the author of a new book, War on Ivermectin, the medicine that saved millions and could have ended the pandemic. He is Dr. Perry Corey. Thank you so much for joining me again. How are you? Hey, good. Doing well. Thanks, Sean. Good. Uh, thanks for having me. Well, I have to have you. We have to. Your voice has to get out there because the truth has to get out there. And when you realize what happened to us and abandoning principles that American healthcare was founded on, I think it's the reason why we should demand an end of the CDC, the NIH, and the AMA. What do you think? Uh, I, I'm in total agreement. You know, before COVID, you know, I was aware of pharmaceutical company or industry influence and corruption, uh, I, I had no idea the scope and the scale of it. And I mean, effectively, we're in a state of federal regulatory capture. All three of those three-letter agencies work directly for pharma, period. Maybe we should start calling it, because, you know, I've heard it called Big Pharma, and it's given these benign names, but what it really is, is a healthcare cartel, a medicine yep. cartel. And this is the way you have to view it, because this is the way they operate. And I think there's an ignorance, a willful ignorance, as most ignorances are, of, of exactly how this works. But something that we've had the medicine to treat this, among other things, and we have been kept away from it because they're profiteering from illness. 
which is why they're incentivized to have more of it, has to be exposed. And, and that is the silver lining. I just want to know what you think is the best way to do it. I know you've written the book, The War on Ivermectin, but how is it going as we have such evidence that this was completely manipulated and, and, and controlled to profit yeah, to the tune I, of trillions? Do you have those numbers and everything? Yeah, I mean, I mean, the, 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 the first of all, I mean, we, we know what their profits are, right? I mean, the markets that COVID opened up for vaccines and the competing patented, you know, Paxlovid, Molnupiravir, I mean, that's north, north of $100 billion over those three years. Um, you know, and, and, you know, you talked about the cartel, and, and, and it's true. You know, I, I use the term this unholy alliance, really. So it's not just the agencies. Um, in fact, in the book, I really focus on how I think the foundation of all the fraud that happened around, like, the early treatment, suppression of early treatment, and that propped up the vaccine campaign, it literally lies at the, at the level of the high-impact medical journals. And books have been written over the last few decades about how those high-impact medical journals have been taken over and are run by pharma. Um, but it, without those journals, without that fraudulent science supporting everything they did, you, you couldn't have had, you know, they would not have been able to accomplish what they did. But, you know, once they have the science in those journals, then the agencies go around promoting, guiding, directing, making policy. And then you have the media, which just blows it up and then just goes full on uh, press release propaganda campaigns, getting you to think that vaccines are safe and effective and that uh, drugs like hydroxychloroquine and, infect, uh, and ivermectin are ineffective and that they're horse dewormers. And so you saw like the media, the journals and the agencies you know, work in concert uh, to get people to believe things that were not true and that led to millions of lives around the world, even just in America. The suppression of early treatment from the beginning, the way they destroyed hydroxychloroquine, um, probably led to the, I would say, the vast majority of lives that we lost in this country was with the fact that we did not have an effective early treatment protocol. You know, Dr. Corey, I am lucky enough to be born in the late 60s. And I remember some people that raised me, the influential people that raised me, were World War II guys and veterans. And I remember in 1972, when the EPA, along with government entities, really attacked a drug that my uncles who were in World War II credited for their life in DDT. And DDT was attacked politically, not because it didn't work. In fact, it had led to saving arguably tens of millions of lives in the cure for malaria. It killed the mosquitoes that did it. And I mean, World War II, they, they deloused uh, everybody from concentration camp survivors to our veterans. And this is something that you watched as politics destroyed a very, very successful drug and a very successful pesticide or however you want to categorize it. That's exactly yeah. what this reminded me of as I was going through it. But I only remembered it because the at that time, his name escapes me. I'm embarrassed by it. But the, the, the founder, the creator of DDT went before Congress and ate it in a tablespoon. It said this is absolutely safe. And yeah. I, I, you realize the power of politics in the profiteering of policy. And that's all this was because ivermectin has been around for how long? Oh, for four to five decades. Yeah. And it's a very successful treatment. I mean, I think people and what was I, the other one escapes me. And you said it earlier. I Hydroxychloroquine. Hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. These drugs have been around for decades with no adverse effects. And why were so many doctors afraid to speak up is it because of the ama and the stronghold on their livelihood 
Well, uh, I would say it's more directly. I mean, I, I can speak from personal experience. I mean, I lost three jobs in the pandemic for, for speaking publicly and for espousing opinions and conclusions that ran uh, in conflict with the narrative and what they wanted to have happen. And, you know, if you look at my organization, so I started uh, with a colleague, the nonprofit called the Frontline COVID-19 Critical Care Alliance. And five of us started that. We're some of the most highly published doctors in our specialty. And all three out of the five of us, our careers ended. Um, oh. ended. And, and, you know, I know that one of my colleagues, those orders came from up on high. You know, he worked for the Veterans Administration for 40 years. He had a huge lab of bi- a blood bank, of biosamples for numerous research. He's one of the world experts in the study of corticosteroids and critical illness. And um, we know the orders came from Washington to get rid of him. And he was forced to resign and retire. Is the, um, is the best way to take it on is to sue? Because I know that I know that governments are held harmless, right? These political whores can yep. be most corrupt and most obvious, and there's nothing we can do against it. But however, you guys lost your careers that you studied for, that you worked at. So is there recourse against the pharmaceutical companies in finding out the manipulation and the propaganda that took place in all of the media that they support through advertising? I mean, this is something that all Americans know. And now that you see foreign entities and foreign citizens have the right to sue the cartels, is this something that maybe you, you should not give up on and continue to well, beat the drum? No, we are using legal avenues in some respects. So we're, we're actually fighting back and plan to fight back legally against another entity that they've weaponized, which is the licensing boards. Uh, so myself and a number of my publicly vocal uh, COVID experts, uh, people like Dr. Ryan Cole, Dr. Robert Malone, I mean, the medical boards are coming after us. And we know who's behind the medical boards. It's an organization called the Federation of State Medical Boards, which was actually founded the same year as the Federal Reserve. Oh, <laughs> you boy. know, Rockefeller were behind that one. It's a big year and, for, for fascism and corruption in America. You got it. Yeah. You got it. Whenever you hear 1913, you, you know, it gives Please. you pause. Yes. Um, but, you know, but we do think we have court cases. And, and just in general, you know, I, 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 it's time for the lawyers. It's time for the lawyers, the judges, the prosecutors, and the prisons. I mean, we, we've been done, we've done everything we could as physicians, as deeply uh, objective uh, experts with integrity who put a lot of work into learning everything we could about COVID and all of its therapeutics. Um, but, you know, there's, there's a limit to what we can do. I, I, I do think the lawyers need to step in. And I, I work with lawyers. I know a lot of them are, are, are heavily litigating numerous aspects of COVID. And, and I do think, I hopefully the truth will come out and and some some wrongs will be righted Um, but they need help during the pandemic very few very few people especially those in important positions were really pushing back against the ignorant fascism that american government was really displaying and perpetrating however there was senator ron johnson who i thought did absolutely fantastic during the early time talking specifically and giving a, a, a platform and a soapbox to women who were affected by this. Now that we have the three years of absolute fact of the failed uh, vaccine and the adverse effects and the early deaths, I mean, I know most of it comes out of Dr. Campbell, Dr. John Campbell, who who has somehow managed to keep a YouTube channel. And we have the data itself that is often cases released by the CDC. Isn't that going to help you in your kind of push back to get your reputation and your business back? 
I think I think it, it all will help. The forces we're up against are, are formidable. I, I appreciate that you brought up Ron Johnson. I, I really do believe that Ron historically will be remembered as the only politician to have literally saved hundreds of thousands of lives. I mean, his hearings that he single-handedly put together, allowing us experts to testify, you know, my testimony for Ron in, in one of his hearings um, that thing went viral, and it put ivermectin on the lips of a good portion of the country and the world. Again, the other side fought back and tried to destroy it, but you know, millions of people around the world and doctors around the world understood that it was effective, used it effectively, and I mean, Ron, Ron uh, did great work. I mean, he got uh, evidence of early treatments out there, and he also was one of the first to call attention to the incredible harms, the toxicity and lethality of this mRNA technology. Now, your expertise prior to COVID was pulmonary critical care medicine. When you when you look at the idea that there was this push by government, non-medical professionals to enrich hospitals through this ridiculousness of putting people on ventilators. I'm a novice moron, real estate broker, was an ex-trader. And I know you don't want to go on a ventilator because you, you rarely come off. And if you do, you have massive other complications that are potential and possible. Agreed. Is there something here to have the victims, and these people are victims, who were forced on this, some of whom never came back, died. Is there a case for class action? Because this was something I couldn't believe what I was listening to from from president to senators, the congressmen, the morons talking about how get to the hospital and they'll put you on a ventilator. What are you kidding me? I mean, it just seemed ridiculous. Is there some recourse that... Maybe history will vindicate. So I do think there's recourses, but I think it's on the individual case level that that happened around the inappropriate application of these hospital protocols. The problem is that there's a catch-22 when you talk about a class action, because in order to prove malpractice or malfeasance, you have to show that the hospital or the physician departed from the standard of care. The catch-22 is they determined what the standard of care is. And it was fraudulent, but that was the standard of care. So anybody can defend themselves by saying this is what was uh, recommended by our leading experts and authorities and societies. You know, that unholy alliance also included the professional societies, like you mentioned, the American Medical Association, the American Board of Family Medicine, pediatric, uh, the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology. I mean, all of those societies all promoted the narrative, which is get vaccinated and don't use early treatment drugs. I, I mean, it, it was, it's, it's shocking. That's what, that, that's what I, I will never forget the life lesson that I learned is the, the absolute control and influence. And like you mentioned, that huge money that was getting funneled to hospitals, that was to keep them in line. Because yeah. if you can control them by money, they're going to do what you say. So the policies that were emanating, the financial incentives that were emanating to get everyone vaccinated and, and to do this and to use remdesivir, I mean, the hospitals couldn't help themselves but follow orders because they, 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 they would have all gone bankrupt if they hadn't. I have a ridiculous amount of friends who unexplained pass away strokes. And this is not uncommon. All of us do. And I'm wondering when you hear this among your friends, you must have friends that have experienced this kind of thing. The first reaction oh, yeah. by people I know is, was he vaccinated? Oh, this, of course. this is actually something I think that will prove the virtue of the resistance to it. And I know that it was very tough for you early on. Are you seeing more and more people willing to support, to go to your website, uh, contacting you after the book? Because this to me is is an indicator that 
maybe we can right the wrong in the next five to 10 years? Yes. So, you know, I think the numbers are growing, but the numbers were formidable. You know, you know, these official stats of how many Americans actually got vaccinated. I believe that they are they are somewhat inflated. I think it's about maybe 60, 62 percent. I think about 30 percent, 40 percent of the country really were appropriately skeptical and are now educated and aware not only on the toxicity and lethality of the vaccines, but that, that they were lied to around early treatment drugs. So I, I do think that there's there's a significant portion of the population. And what I see in my travels and when I lecture, I had so many people coming up to me. They do not want to go back to their doctor, even doctors no. that they've cared for 15 years, That they because they'll go in and the doctor will talk to them about their booster. And they know that these things are bad and that they shouldn't take them, that they don't work and that they're really dangerous. And so they, they, they've lost trust and faith in the system. The, the agencies have no more credibility. And they ask me, where do I go? Where can I get care? And, you know, the answer is really in, in private practice, independent practices. And those are few and far between now. So many well, um, practices, you know, joined health systems. This, so is, this is the last question oh, I want to ask you, because I, yeah. I really love your opinion and, and I so respect it. But. I don't think any of this could have happened without Obamacare. Obamacare was the bastardization of the American healthcare system. Since Obamacare was passed, the control mechanism to go in place kicked in. 50% of doctors are gone. 50% of hospitals gone. So now you've got this captured class that is afraid to lose its business, afraid to buck the government. Do you think that America would have reacted the same had Obamacare not passed? I, I, I think you're absolutely right on that. I think the consolidation and control, uh, the concentration of the major players in the market, you know, it leads to almost this totalitarian response. And, and you're right, the distance of doctors, um, especially private practices, you know, ha- had we had an independent, decentralized, more fragmented system, um, there would have been a lot of oases and havens of autonomy and pragmatism where doctors could have doctored the way that he used to. They could have done the right thing without, you know, being f- afraid of losing their jobs or, you know, running into uh, pharmacies that wouldn't fill. And and I, I do think Obamacare is part of that. Um, you know, Dr. So, Corey, when it, pa- when it passed, I was so livid because it was everything I had been warned against collectivism. I was so irritated. I couldn't figure out what to do. So you know what I did? I bought undergrounddoctor.com and I want you to be my spokes doctor. Let's build out a site. At least we can make, we can make money and help people because you're obviously going to lose your license after this interview. Yeah. Well, they're, they're after me, but I, I I don't know. So far I'm still standing, but you know, that's part of what my organization is working on going forward. We, we are trying to build a, a universe and a community and, and a place where people can come and find objective, real independent autonomous medical care that's not captured and um i want to make a suggestion for you we have a couple people in here and i want you just take a look at it freedomsquare.com just take a look at it put your stuff up there and it's like a a community of people that listen to the show but more people who are like-minded and want choices of freedom and that's why it's called freedom square take a take a look at it and let me know how i can help you and in the meantime give out your information now so that people can support you and also buy the book war on ivermectin the medicine that saved millions and could have ended the pandemic. It's out now. Where can they go? Yep. Uh, Amazon's probably easiest or buy it from ICAN.org, I-C-A-N. 
And then my nonprofit is flccc.net. We have protocols for COVID, uh, repurposed drugs for cancer, diabetes, weight loss. We, we focus on a lot of just objective science. And then um, obviously I have a private practice where I specialize in the treatment of long COVID and vaccine injury. And that's drpierrecorey.com, the leading edge clinic. Dr. Pierre, you know what I, I always wanted to ask a doctor? I love yeah. the, the three is company. You remember Chrissy Snow? Oh, yeah, man. sure. Love. When she came on and said she had body cancer, you remember that? She had stage mm-hmm. four body cancer. You remember that? And she, she said, I'm not going to seek conventional treatment. She's still right. alive. I think. Yes. She, and she wrote a book about surviving cancer. I don't think she, she treated it the, the traditional way, the cartel no. way. And I'm wondering, people, this is an option people may not be aware of. All kinds of ailments that can be treated without enriching the cartels, isn't it? Well, that, that's been the game for the last hundred years. I mean, they, they have tried to suppress all sorts of uh, effective, uh, cheap, widely available medicines because it's a business. Medicine is a business and they, ha- they, they know how to destroy competition, but there are highly effective, very safe approaches to treating cancer that your oncologist will never know about because they're not taught. Uh, it's not adequately researched. The research that is done on them generally doesn't get published in prominent places. So th- this game's been going on a long time. And my book is really a case report on or a case study of ivermectin, but it, it really is emblematic of a decades long war on repurposed alternative therapies in any number of disease models. Please keep me posted. I want to help you in any way I can. I so appreciate you, Dr. Corey. I really do. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Take care. We'll be back with your calls and comments. Make money, smoke cigars, and live free on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. You can check out anytime you like, but you can never what a shame, squirrel. I mean a shame, brother. The most beautiful place in this country is California. And look at what ignorance and cowardice has done to that state. Destroyed. Completely destroyed. And what's funny is you, you meet people and they're afraid, just like the Cubans were when I went to Cuba, they're afraid to talk poorly or the truth against the mafia party. Fascinating to watch. That's how you know it's time to run. Bill in Desplaines. Hey, Sean. How you doing? Good, brother. Hey, uh, I love your show. I love guys like you, Mark Levin. Um, You know what you're talking about. I do have one problem, and I'd like you to hear me out on this. Go right ahead. And I want to know your feelings about it. Sure. Your promo says you have a... The cigar in one hand and a copy of the declaration in the other. Yes. All right. Right now, everything you say is true, but you're part of the problem. It's time to stop talking. The declaration talks about us being, uh, convinces a design to lead us into absolute despotism. We are at absolute despotism. We have a corrupt DOJ. We have a corrupt media. That acts like Joseph Goebbels, um, you know, I, 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 we so have what, no freedom of speech. Well, no, 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 so no, what no, I am saying I, is I, that it is time to throw this government off. Well, the problem that I, I have is this. The, pro- the problem that I have is you feel this way because you're in displays. And what you need to know and the perspective I keep trying to bring you is that in 20 states right now, 
they're moving forward with the convention of the states to nullify the corrupt federal work. government. Well, but what work. is your answer then? What are you advocating? You tell me what you want. What do you want to do? Okay. We need to do what Thomas Jefferson said. Throw this government off. Dude, listen Remove to me. Them. You're playing into the hands. You see, let me explain something. The difference between me and you and all of these people who advocate. What you're advocating without saying it is war. That's what you're advocating without saying it. So who you want to shoot? Who you want to shoot? No, I don't want to shoot anyone. Well, how does it work then? But, all right, we do it in the style of the founding fathers would do it. First, you mean like shooting? Up, no, we draft up a document that I would like to call a reaffirmation and a declaration of independence and along with that why would you copy off somebody else's homework you have those documents you have those no, see what ultimately right. ultimately what right. you can do is if you believe the way you can is you can only take care of you and yours and you don't have to live in a communist place i'm telling let you me, the peaceful me, way me, i'm not i'm not i don't want to run for my state you're not running did your answer where yeah, are you I'm from gonna, where's your grandfather from where your great-grandfather I'm, I don't know, probably Italy. Well, you didn't, he didn't run. He relocated no. because it was the best for the future. He didn't run. But part, he, of that, part of that Declaration of Independence also has a list of grievances. Now, those are new. You could, I understand what you're saying, but you're, you're, in your frustration, you're ignoring the blessings that already exist. And in a way, it's funny. You say, I don't want to do anything you're the one that wants other people to do it for you. No, I'll be oh, right Oh, right yeah, on. you do. Yeah, you do. No, no, don't you pull that on me, I'm not, pull, I'm not pulling There's on you. I'm telling you the fact. There are 30 states. Oh, jeez. What are you going to do? Then you don't want to say it. You want to fight? What are you, how are you going to overthrow the government without fighting? You're going to play into the hands of these idiots that are already claiming an insurrection without weapons. So what are you going to do different? You're going to go there with weapons? You see, ironically, I love the fight. I love it. I'm mad I can't go in the other room and punch Squirrel in the face right now. Mad about it. However, I don't want to kill some moron, some kid who's a Democrat. I don't want to kill him. And you don't have to. You don't like it. You lived in this plane. Something tells me. I could be wrong. But I think somewhere along the line, you either asked a Democrat or you went along with the mafia in the way so many of my own friends and family did. And now you don't like it. Well, you should have stood like a man when you were at the crossroads of accepting the mafia or rejecting it. Now you don't like it. Well, where were you? Where were you all the time that Madigan and the dailies? Where were you? Were you in? Did you want one of those jobs? And if you did, now shut up and eat it. And if you don't, then grab, then sack up and do what you have to do for your family. Work five jobs like I did. To buy a place in another state and give an option to the people that love you. But don't ask these strangers to what are you doing? You're trying to say, do you think you're not saying to fight your fellow Americans? Yeah, that's exactly what you're saying. We're convincing them through the intellectual argument. Now that takes place in 30 states that would never vote for a Chicago Democrat. Have you in the past? Did you vote for a Democrat in the past? Now shut up and wear that mafia. Or sack up and save your family. But I'm never going to tell you to go fight Americans. What do you think I am? Some sort of an insurrectionist? I'm not an insurrectionist. I will reject the corruption. Expose the corruption. Then I will lead by example. 
And I feel dirty just sitting in this sewer of corruption. And that's the way you do it. And you put your money behind specific entities. And you don't call yourself a Republican. I am not a Republican. And you know why we're here? Because so many people supported parties rather than principles. Now, that guy may be a wonderful guy, and maybe I'm completely wrong. But I can't solve his problems any more than he can solve mine. But what I can do is take recognition and take action in a society that still allows you to leave without penalty, unlike California, which has all kinds of moving taxes, and support individuals who will always fight for freedom. But they're only individuals. They're not party people. In a free society, no one should be forced to receive an injection into their body that they do not wish to have. The Democrat Party supports... So what did I do? I did what all people... Not for $10 million. Write a check, fatso Pritzker, for $10 million. I'll tear it up in your porky face. I'm never putting it in my body. And anybody that puts it in my kid's body, you'll get the beating of your life. Nobody's going to do any of that. So that's what I do. You can only control... Your actions. This country gave you all those principles. You don't have to take it, but do me a favor. Don't go along with it your whole freaking life and profit from it and then pretend you hate it. Don't do that. Stand up for what's right and do what to advocate violence is 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 uh, uh, truly outrageous. And who are you going to kill these moron Democrat kids? When did Pearl Harbor take place? Ooh, uh, 19. 60s sometime? I feel like it's somewhere in the 80s. 1914 or something. Now these kids aren't just stupid. They've been miseducated by our generation. You know why we're in this pickle? Because we didn't do our job to our kids or to your neighbors. You see, unlike most people, I never went along with these Democrat mafia members, even when my best friends were Democrats, when my family was Democrat, when they wanted go sit on your ass and get them the fire department. And I, no, I wouldn't do it. That's how I fought my war. And that's all you can do. And then recognize what you need to do. Because if you're counting on these mafia dons, you ain't going to go anywhere. One or two invoices when they've requested thousands of them to me is unconscionable. Alderman Brendan Riley represents the 42nd Ward. That includes the Inn of Chicago. Brendan Riley, now he's a good guy. You see, for a decade, I think he's a daily cousin. That fat ass drunk sat in Boss Bar taking all kinds of, how you doing? The clout and you need a sign. I got a guy. Now all of a sudden he's a warrior for righteousness. Anybody that gave this fat slob money or support. Do me a favor, wallow in it. A migrant shelter that now hosts more than 1,500 people. Riley is among a growing chorus of city leaders concerned about transparency. Why? Because your chickens have come home to roost? You see, that's part of the mafia. And as Boss Bar got real shady and a ghetto neighborhood, which used to be a thriving business, what did he do? What did this fat drunk do? Gatsangul. Only you can do something. Not your neighbor. There are 30 states that fight off these Democrats' scourge. Be a part of that. Give your money to those guys. Not a party that would let it grow. By the way, I think this guy, doesn't he hang around with Illinois Republicans who used to be the head of the Illinois Republican, now lobbyists? Wouldn't surprise me. They like tipping them back. 312-642-5600. So, uh, how are you doing? 
This is the Sean Thompson Show, where Democrats are always wrong, Republicans are seldom right, and politicians are never, ever to be trusted. On AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. See, I advocate for the principles of federalism. That's the beauty of our nation. Now, it's under attack. Because the gangster government knows most people won't partake in Democrat sewer corruption. Most people would reject the kind of policies this... What's his name? J.B. Pritzker? Yeah, J.B. The guy without a neck. That sleeping bag with a pumpkin on it pretending to be governor. The butter-handed trust fund baby gives $8 billion in payoffs and kickbacks to the communists then pretends to be helping Illinoisans. What's it turn out to? Three million a job for that phony... What's What's their name? Motion? Tramotion, whatever, Chinese battery company, junk that they are. See, most people won't tolerate that. Good states will reject that. You still have 30 really strong states. And funny, most of them have a population under the amount of illegal aliens that have broken into the country and been paid to by the Democrat mafia because they get to steal money. From, uh, from people who are too stupid to ask questions. City spending. The city council has a role in appropriating monies like this for programs like this. Yeah, that's what we're doing, Squirt. We're appropriating money. Where are we appropriating it? To the posse. Now shut up and take it. Not me. I'm a Floridian. Uh, Greg Rogers Park. Hi, Sean. Welcome back. Uh, listen, um, first thing, uh, they, they just announced that a judge uh, has held Donald Trump guilty of the uh, tax uh, overvaluing his property. Second, Joe Biden was out uh, picketing today, and he told everyone that he used to picket when he was younger as a teamster. Yeah, sure. He's full of bull dung, but it doesn't matter, Greg. He's a Democrat. They all know they're scum. They know they're scum, like Brandon Riley or whatever his name is of the, of the first ward. What did he do? In the meantime, what is Trump guilty of? Let's hear. First year, 430 breaking news from New York. A judge has ruled that former President Donald Trump committed fraud for many years. That decision comes as part of a civil lawsuit brought by New York's Attorney General. We have seven Dan Housley live for us in the newsroom. He's got the breaking details right now, Dan. Well, Ryan and Johnny on this was the decision that came actually just days before a non-jury trial was expected to begin. Both sides had asked for summary judgment. And the New York attorney general appears to have actually won something of a summary judgment. She was asking for a partial summary judgment. The judge says that Donald Trump committed fraud for years while building his real estate empire, overvaluing his assets and exaggerating his net worth on paperwork. Now, here's the deal. It's interesting. That's an interesting case because what he's found guilty of, the banks should also be found guilty then because the banks agreed. See, banks loan money on their own assessment, not just what the owner says. I say my, I say my house is worth $400 million. And some bank comes in and says, no, you live in a, you're, the one house you got, especially the junk in Illinois, ain't worth it any more than you paid for it 20 years ago. We're not going to give you $400 million, We're going to give you this. Okay, I can have my own opinion. I'm entitled to it. So what he's guilty of couldn't have happened unless the banks and the lenders and the insurance companies agreed with his assessment. And by the way, their private... Their private appraisers also had to agree. These are little things. But most Democrats, scourge and scum, don't understand how it works. So they'll go, oh, okay, because they're Democrats and they just want in on some of that free money. But, you know, it's funny. I was in, uh, I was in wine country, the same place where Nancy Pelosi owns a vineyard. Now, the vineyard that I stayed on was half the size of Nancy Pelosi's vineyard. Half. And the vineyard that I stayed on when I asked, gee, how much is this? 
You know what they said to me, Squirrel? About $120 million. $120 million for a vineyard? Yeah, it's a successful vineyard, just like Nancy Pelosi's. And did you know that Nancy Pelosi's is double the size of the vineyard I, I stayed on, the resort I stayed on? Do you know what Nancy Pelosi has hers assessed at? $15 million. Huh. She has her San Francisco house valued at $8 million. Huh. All the other... All the other ways to value it show it at worst more than triple. So what is she guilty? Oh, she's a Democrat. See, the Democrats expect to be lied and cheated and stolen. They just want in on the mafia. Not me. I'm going to tear that son of a dog down. We'll be back. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now... With personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy, because it feels so no, I have to tell you, when I heard this clip over the weekend, I thought of my next guest. And that's why the United States is formally establishing diplomatic relations with the Cook Islands. And the real reason is we're both from Baltimore. Um, that's a long story. But, but uh, all kidding aside. Uh, so today I'm pleased to announce we're working with Congress to invest $40 billion in our Pacific Islands Infrastructure Initiative. We call it the PPI anyway. It doesn't matter what we call it, but that's... It really doesn't matter what they call it. How does a broke-ass country like ours, who cannot operate without borrowing more debt, guaranteeing more taxation of the citizens, is there any economic fact that will pull the heads out of the derrieres of the Democrats? And E.J. and Tony just happened to write an article. There is no economic fact too big for the Democrats to ignore. EJ Antonio the Heritage, how are you, kid? Oh, Sean, I am I am just beating my head against the wall with these people, but I'm still alive. I'm still kicking. I'm still in the fight. Forty billion for the infrastructure of the uh, Cook Islands, the Pacific Island Grant. What the hell? Are they ever going to be limited the way they need to be? Because these idiots, regardless of all of the money they extort from all of the good people, from all of the businesses, from all of the transactions, it's never enough to fill the insatiable void of socialist corruption called our economics. Is it? Well, Sean, in one sense, these people are already very limited. I mean, let's not forget it was only a few years ago uh, a Democrat in the House of Representatives said he was afraid that if we send too much military equipment to Guam, the island would tip over and capsize. Oh, God. Idiots. Absolute fracking idiots. And as you... Meander around Caligula for nerds known as Washington, D.C. Are you are you astonished by the fact that these idiots were able to get voted into office? Or is that just an indicator that there's more idiots out there? Uh, No, I I think it's just an indicator that there are more idiots out there and that so many of these elections, unfortunately, have devolved into nothing more than than popularity contests. I mean, it's as if you're you're voting for the homecoming king and queen instead of people who are actually making decisions that will genuinely affect your lives. And for some people, not just affect your life, but bankrupt your finances. So when you see that most Americans are just too stupid to realize what trillions of dollars are, let alone 33, and you realize that. The American people who understand and actually work for a living 
who uh, called themselves for a while the Tea Party and unfortunately have to cozy up to a Republican cartel of, of, of corruption, corporatists, are really uh, chasing their tails. It's an act of feudalism to pretend we can economically pull ourselves out. I mean, is there any will for the American people to not operate in a bankrupt Ponzi scheme? Yeah, Sean, I think there's actually a surprising amount of people who, who don't want this kind of system. They just don't understand it. I mean, honestly, Sean, how many people do, do you and I talk to who genuinely understand what the Federal Reserve is, how it operates, and how it is literally stealing from the American people. When prices go up, what happens? Well, you turn on the TV and they tell you, oh, consumers are spending too much money or unions are demanding too much in wages or businesses are just being greedy and raising prices. People don't understand what the government is doing behind the scenes and how they're making you poorer. And I think that's where the frustration and and the misplaced anger comes from. Well, failures are motivated, and that's the difference. It's funny. I just got back from uh, California, and it is it is truly gorgeous. I was in the Central Coast uh, on the southern tip of wine country. I mean, to, to see it was amazing. But to talk to the people was even more interesting to me. It reminded me of my trip to Havana in 2003. And what I mean by that is when I got in the cab in Havana, they had a big picture of that murdering scumbag, Che Guevara, you know, the one that was on the posters of all the Obama uh, campaign headquarters. Anyway. I said, look at this evil piece of dung. Wouldn't you like to wish he was alive so you could stab him with a spoon in the can? No, no, no. no. He's a great man. You know, you can't. He was afraid that I would tell the government that he was an anti-collectivist. And when I went to California, it's amazing. You start talking to people and they think the way you and I do. And they can't get over how the Democrats in these very specific spots have destroyed the same state that produced Reagan. And now they're afraid that someone will judge them. If we don't have the courage to say that party is incompetent, failed, corrupt institution, has never succeeded, how are we going to win? Well, you can't, Sean. That's a great point. I think it was Winston Churchill said courage is the most important of all the virtues because it's what gives all the others their strength, something along those lines. And and I will say, I will say as well, not only do we need the courage to denounce virtually everything, if not everything, that the Democrat Party stands for. But let's be honest, half of the Republican Party today we can probably throw into that basket as well. Oh, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And you know, it's funny. I read all the stats, right? The, the, the delinquency on credit cards, parabolic, bigger now than 2007 and 2008. The defaults on mortgages, uh, when you factor in what would happen with COVID, where how many people didn't even have to pay? They had all kinds of suspensions. Now they have to pay. Now some of those interest rates are fluctuating. When you see home sales, commercial businesses, in particular in these Democrat sewers that have to offset the, the corruption in, in, with lawyers and, and property taxes, they bear all the responsibility and costs being abandoned and tax auctioned off. What does it look like? How do you, when, when do people start to realize, forget about arguing over recession or whatever, we're not only in a recession, we're on the precipice of a depression. You know, Reagan, I think, really, really hit the nail on the head here in terms of how people feel about the economy and how they assess the economy. He said a recession is when your neighbor loses his job, but a depression is when you lose yours and a recovery is when Jimmy Carter loses his. I, I think that's very similar here. A lot of Americans, as long as they're still employed 
as long as they're still making it from paycheck to paycheck, as long as they're not the one drowning in credit card debt, they're going to say they think the economy is at least doing okay. Maybe not great like it was in 2019 under Trump, but it's at least doing okay. But when they're the ones who are falling behind on their bills, when they're the ones who lose their job, all of a sudden, that's when the consumer sentiment really starts to take a nosedive. And just like it was a recovery when Jimmy Carter lost his job, that's what's going to take probably in this case. There's a funny instance that happened to me, and I was—I honestly, if I would have—I I didn't want to bother you because I was three hours behind. It was probably two in the morning, but I land in California on Thursday, and it's like you know nine o'clock at night. Check in to go to the hotel. I tell the guy, listen, I, you know, I've been traveling. I'm a little hungry. Oh, well, go over to the bar, and we'll get you something in this hotel. The kitchen's closed, but I'll figure it out. So I go to the bar, and I'm waiting. And here's two guys, clearly California guys, no question about it. I mean, you know. You didn't have to ride in on the horse side saddle for me to figure it out. And they're talking, and, 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 and I walked up at the perfect time. They say, you know, he was a terrible human being, absolutely terrible, terrible human being, couldn't stand so much about those four years. But I will say, I did so much better financially. And then the other Californian said, man, oh, man, isn't that the truth? If only we could figure out how to get a Democrat in there who understood economics and i thought to myself that's exactly what trump was but moreover do you think when you start to hear california democrats miss the trump years that's a positive sign oh absolutely and again that's a perfect example of how when things finally start affecting you personally that's when people really tend to change their tune and i mean look it, it is it is not an exaggeration to say that so many of these voting blocks that Democrats have taken for granted for so many years, like young black men, for example, it is not an exaggeration to say that Trump can very easily flip those into his column this next election. And if he does that, if he breaks some of those big voting blocks down, it's game over for those Democrats. Yeah, I don't know. They still got the this very specific neighborhoods, Democrat hub control that can produce pretty much any outcome they need. But there's a more important fact. Uh, it appears that you figured out a dollar amount that it has cost the family, roughly, has cost the family living under the Biden usurpation of the presidency. What has it cost the average American for the Biden uh, presidency out of their income? Well, well, Sean, you have, although paychecks have gotten way bigger, that's like one of the few talking points from this administration that's actually true. What you can actually buy with those paychecks has gone way down, what we call purchasing power. And so you add up all that lost purchasing power, it's the same as if you had a a $5,100 cut in that family's income, annual income. But on top of that, you just brought up the, you know, the credit card and and the mortgage delinquencies, right? Why is that happening? Because not only are those debt loads huge, but the interest is going up. And so financing costs are way up. That's going to add on another about $1,800. So you're looking at almost $7,000 in financial losses, essentially, on an annual basis. That's what the average American family is looking at today as compared to when Biden took office. You know, it's interesting. I watched it with uh, so many Chicagoans and Illinois Democrats and saw it again when I go to Democrat sewers, whether it's New York or California. The people, although they may earn some money, whether they be mechanics or waiters, they earn maybe maybe close to six figures or in some cases hair, uh, hair over six figures. The cost of corruption is something that slow cooks the citizen to where they're more interested in dealing with their own personal destruction of the dollar. So they're looking 
for the bailouts or the subsidies in Obamacare rather than demanding it be removed so we can go back to a you know, quarter of the cost as it was prior to Obamacare. Is that the problem, though, where people get used to Bidenomics? They'll get used to this idiot. They'll get used to the failure. It's the way they got used to Obamacare. It's the way they get used to 13% tax in California or 7% in Illinois or 9 in New York. You can kind of get used to the kind of corruption and Democrat failure that these idiots produce everywhere they rule. Isn't that kind of our problem, too? Sean, it is very much like a drug, and people can get addicted to it. You know, we, we talk about the welfare trap and cycles of poverty that, that LBJ really started in this country, or if he didn't start it, he certainly put it into overdrive. Um, but as bad as it was under Obama, where so many people were hooked on welfare programs, and the ridiculous Obama administration was proclaiming that as a success, that more people yeah. were dependent on government, as sick as that is, they said that was a success. And yet, in only a couple of years, by the end of 2019, Trump had turned a lot of that around. So, I mean, is it bad today? Absolutely. Am I at the point of despair? Not yet. You know, it's interesting. You're in the hub, the Las Vegas for Nerds Caligula called Washington, D.C. And aside from having very attractive, uh, unsatisfied hookers walking around and drug dealers flush with cash, when you see the scandal of Bob Menendez being an economist, knowing that he only makes $200,000 a year before taxes, meaning after taxes, what's he take home? 130 grand, maybe more like 120. How does a guy put half a million dollars in cash in his suit? Um, do people know that that's six years of income without him buying a pizza? Uh, or is the climate where people are kind of obviously annoyed or want him removed? Or is it like, hey, they finally got Menendez. Hope they don't catch me. What are you seeing in the belly of the beast? Uh, you know, Sean, I feel like it's about a third, a third, a third. You know, you you have some people who say uh, exactly what you just said. Oh, you know, they they finally caught him. You know, it's been known for so long. And other people saying, oh, man, I, I hope they really don't you know catch me because I'm no I know I'm next. And then you have about a third of people who say, man, this guy was such an amateur. He got, what, a million dollars and a used Mercedes he needs to take a lesson from Hunter Biden. It's awesome. I'm on Nancy Pelosi. You know, it's funny. I was uh, listening to the so-called uh, uh, jury sentence for, for Trump, who's guilty of what's called puffery in the real estate business where he puffed up his assets, but he still had to get a bank to go along with it, right? I mean, if you if I tell you, hey, you got to see my place in Florida, it's worth $7 million. Ultimately, a bank's got to agree with me to give me 70% of a home equity line, don't they? Exactly. Yeah. That's where it just, this just frankly doesn't make sense. I mean, there there are two ways to figure out how much something is worth. You can do it in a realized fashion when you actually sell it because everything is worth what its purchaser will pay for it, or you can have it assessed by a so-called expert. And if the expert assessed it for X, then it's worth X until someone assesses it for a different price or until a buyer is willing to pay a different price. So I'm not sure exactly how this is going to stand. In fact, who is a bigger expert in the pricing of real property known as real estate than a bank or an insurance company. The default of the assessed value, aside from taxes, where if you know a Democrat, you can beat it up like Nancy Pelosi does, then not pay any taxes. But the actual uh, uh, per diem value of property is assessed by the bank and the insurance company. So why is no one going to go to jail or found guilty at the banks that loaned him money or the insurance companies that insured it? Right, and 
you know, not only it, they act as if there's there's all uh, gain and no pain from overvaluing a property. You, you just hit on a couple of things right there, not the least of which is that you're going to have to pay higher insurance premiums, but also property taxes. And Trump has owned own real estate in some very high property tax states. Yeah. The more that property gets assessed for, the more he's going to owe in taxes. It, it's not as if this was, again, all gain and no pain. Sure. Here. Well, there's, this is an opportunity to me to break apart the corruption that is government. You see, because in Chicago, when he bought the Trump Towers, he bribed the nine-fingered uh, mayor at the time called Rahm Emanuel of $50,000. I think it was called a campaign contribution officially. And then he hired a short-in-the-pants mafia, Don, by the name of Ed Burke, who's under indictment right now, to make sure his property taxes got lowered. So why isn't this an indictment of a system where the guy who was a Democrat for 80% of his life, who give, who has given campaign contributions to everybody from the Clintons to the Schumers to the Chicago short-in-the-pants mafia, why isn't that his defense? Look it. I paid you, Democrat roaches, to give me this assessed prices. The banks came out and agreed with my puffery of what I felt the property was valued. I am truly perplexed as to how he's in trouble. But yet, the only form of of property valuation that is never audited is when Nancy Pelosi says her $150 million winery is worth $20 million or $15 million. Or her $8 million, where she says it's worth $8 million, really worth $30 in San Francisco. It never really gets assessed. So isn't this an opportunity to maybe educate the walking morons out there that are voting for Democrats? Yep. Sean, this is a, this is a perfect opportunity for him to double down on what he did so famously in that one presidential debate against Hillary Clinton, where both Clinton and the moderators accused Trump of using all these different tax loopholes. And he said, of course, of course I use them. I'd be an idiot not to. That makes me smart. The fact that I paid less in taxes. And by the way, all of these loopholes are what or were put in place by people like Hillary and Hillary herself because her donors paid her to do it. And all of her donors take advantage of the same loopholes I do. So if you're going to condemn me, condemn the system. I, I think that's a, a brilliant line of argument. Wonderful. See, we could solve all these problems here, E.J. Anthony. In the meantime, it's wonderful to watch in Chicago as the Democrat mafia steals, I mean, um, uh, spends 50% of the money allocated towards the illegal alien problem into their posse of the mayor, the new mayor, and the Cook County Board of Scallywags called the uh, commissioners. And they're hiring all kinds of campaign contributors and their friends. And so far, the $200 million that they say is spent on, on illegal aliens, it turns out 50% of it goes to housing costs and staffing. Is this another opportunity to wake up the people who have been given a disservice by their government as they're not only picking favorites who are not citizens, but stealing the money from the people? Absolutely. Every time you see a homeless vet around this country, think to yourself that the government is choosing to house multiple illegal aliens instead of that homeless vet. And there are literally thousands of them that commit suicide every single day. And yet we're handing out more in welfare to illegal aliens than the average Social Security recipient gets in retirement. I saw in Mexico, it turns out the cartels are the fifth largest employer of Mexico, the third world country. What do you think the cartels employ here in America, or is it just specifically the Democrat sewer states where they're probably in the top 10 of employers? Has there any been ever been any count as to the kind of illegal cartel money that's floating around America and how much of the Americans they are employing? 
Oh gosh, you know, for a while they used to really keep track of the drug numbers, but the this is really sad and frankly sick that now so much of the trafficking isn't even drugs anymore. That's still a problem, but now they're getting into into human trafficking, particularly child trafficking. And so, you know, that that is a thing that is really just now beginning to be uncovered and brought to light and hopefully yeah. we'll get some some details on that soon in terms of data and, and well, numbers and <laughs> i saw jp morgan give 75 million to the bahamas i i couldn't figure that out you mean to tell me they're they're guilty of housing epstein money and they have a settlement with the island but none of the victims of the of the sex trafficking i mean you want to talk about a rigged system i don't know if i'm more upset about that than the Oxycontin scandal just going to governments instead of the people who had destroyed their lives. But he is E.J. Antoni. Now, I caught your article in the Daily Caller. I know you're at Heritage. What are you, getting syndicated now, kid? You're getting big. <laughs> well, you know, I, I do this real big Chicago radio show every week, and a lot of people listen, it turns out. E.J. Antoni of the Heritage Foundation, thank you, brother, for coming on and making time. And uh, you give me a call. Can't wait to have a cigar with you. Oh, my pleasure. That sounds wonderful. We'll take your calls and comments when I get back. He will never negotiate his constitutional rights with the government. Live free or die on the Sean Thompson Show. At AM560, the answer. AM560, the answer. I have to tell you, being from Melrose Park, you really don't go south of Roosevelt Road unless you meet a real attractive girl who was easy back in the 80s. I never really went south of Roosevelt Road. However, when I heard of Dalton, Illinois, whenever it was mentioned, it was always scandal. And when the PPP money came out and $1.8 million was stolen, allegedly, by a Dalton executives who ran a non-for-profit, I said, figures. But did you see the Dalton mayor scandal? Now, here's another Cook County, Crook County Town, municipality, bankrupt and corrupt like a so many, 90% of them. But I found this one to be particularly funny over my vacation weekend. Can the Dalton Police Department afford to have this many officers attached to her detail? We can. We really need them patrolling the streets. So she's the part-time mayor of a south suburban village of a little more than 20,000 people. Yet residents of Dalton are paying hundreds of thousands of dollars per year to provide security for their self-proclaimed super mayor. Tonight, Fox 32 investigates Tiffany Henyard's security detail and the massive amount of overtime it is generating. By the way, this town, legendarily corrupt. Legendary. In fact, the PPP loans, 208 of them were given to Dalton for 1,600 1600 jobs, allegedly. This is as fake as that battery company from China that Pritzker is giving uh, $8 billion to. For a handful of officers, our Dane Placco has more. Hey, guys, this is Super Mayor Tiffany Ahen. You're the people's mayor and people's supervisor. By the way, uh, the the, the morons who vote for these, are these the ones that are going to all of a sudden vote Republican? Do you think they don't know that she's a scam artist, scallywag? Or do you think they just want one of these jobs? Because if you work for this scum, you really cash out. Tiffany Henyard makes nearly a quarter million dollars a year serving as both mayor of Dalton and Thornton Township supervisor, an elected political double dip. She is not to be confused with the welfare queen. She, although at some point I wouldn't be surprised, she is not the welfare queen. Hello, Chile Morgan. No, those are different people. She's charismatic and controversial. Nobody knows so. Here she is starting a Dalton Village board meeting dressed like the Wesley Snipes character in the movie New Jack City. 
Now, do you know what the Wesley uh, Snipes character in New Jack City was, Squirrel? He was the drug king who brought in crack. Crack is whack. So here in Dalton, where I think the average IQ is slightly less than Sling Blade, the mayor dresses like the drug kingpin played by Wesley Snipes. She's in a costume. And this is how she talks to her constituents who deserve to be robbed. Later, punctuating her political points with the help of her own DJ. Every single resident. Pay me what you owe me. Thank you, DJ. Is this beautiful? This is absolute. By the way, is it my money that's supposed to go to kill your babies and feed your ass? And it's hard to turn anywhere in Dalton without seeing Henyard's picture or online, where she recently commemorated 9-11 with her own photo. I want to ask you a few questions. Okay. But when we asked Henyard a few months ago about her use of tax dollars, she was quickly hustled out of the room by armed security. And on Facebook, in videos posted by Henyard herself, we see her being driven around and surrounded by Dalton officers, which got us to wondering, why all the cops? We weren't opposed to her having the security. Detail. We asked how long and how often. Dalton trustee Brittany. She did what? Oh, she asked. Um, Interesting when you see the dollar amount to cart this blowhard around, this dimwit. Norwood says Henyard began assembling her details shortly after being elected in 2021 using hand-picked Dalton police officers. Using a Freedom of Information request, we obtained the work records for six of the officers assigned to Henyard's security detail at various times and showed them to some of Dalton's trustees. This is a Freedom of Information request we did to see how much overtime these officers are making on her security details. Oh, wow. 162 hours. 162. Well, that's nothing. What goes through your mind when you see these numbers? Um, uh, it, it's, it's disappointing. It's frustrating. The officers are paid every two weeks, which without overtime is 80 hours. But when they're put on Henyard's detail, that 80 hours balloons to well over 100 hours, sometimes 200 hours. And in the case of Officer Terry Young last May, 303 hours worked over a two-week period. That resulted in a single paycheck of more than $13,000. How? How does a person put in a two-week pay period, 303 hours? That's impossible. That's impossible. 336 Does he never go to sleep? In fact... No, it's a scam, honey. And you could buy a house in Dalton. Brick house. Four bedroom, two bath. Guess how much, Will? A hundred grand. Buy a house in Dalton. And this dimwit, this morphodite, this punchline mayor is paid 250000 a year. And has a security team that's paid over $5 million? There are 336 hours total in two weeks, meaning Young was not being paid for only 33 hours over that period. Now, obviously, that's a gangster government. How you doing? What are you, like New Jack City? You're just old Chicago whore. And you're robbing your people like every other Democrat. You got a bright future in the Democrat mafia, dimwit. Other officers on the security detail are also racking up overtime paychecks in the multiple thousands of dollars. Mayor, mind if I ask you a couple questions about your security detail? Absolutely not. I'm asking. He's asking the other one, not you, stupid. We know what you are. See, this is the cut me in or cut it out. And this is how you build a culture of corruption. When it's far more beneficial to pretend that this dimwit is a mayor rather than what she is. The new Jack City gangster.
A couple weeks ago, we tried to question Henyard about her detail as she went door to door in Dalton giving out water on a 100 degree day. What do you think her big policy was? They got her, oh, I'm going to give you water when it's 100 degrees and I'm going to rob you and I'm going to hire this posse of morons to cart me around in luxury sedans. Surrounded by police, firefighters, public works employees, and two videographers documenting for Dalton's Facebook page. You know what those are also called? All of those people she just mentioned? The Democrat base. And they'll vote for anybody. As long as you give out that cheese. I want to tell the people I'm not going to stop. I'm going to keep going. I hope they post what we actually do here in the village of Dalton. What is she going to do? Oh, she's going to ask. Okay. In the meantime... Bright future in the Democrat Party. Long history of this kind of corruption. And now you, you, you want a federal bailout? Why? Because you bankrupted another town led by you morphodites. Keep going. Am I supposed to save you? There's no saving these kind of people. There's only running from them. And by the way, I hope you don't own real estate because the taxes on that $100,000 property, 7000 312 642 Sean, now, 312-642-5600. AM560, the answer. 6700, right? I, I can round up, right? The cost of stupidity, can I round up? Tell a lot. But when we gave her an opportunity to explain the OT... Mayor, why do you need so many officers, security? What did you say, water? It sounded like you said water. water. Earlier that day... See, that's what I mean. Open and notorious, like Madigan. I heard the lawyer called John Anthony, the prosecutor, federal prosecutor. The guy who drives your car off knows it's a mafia, but not these guys. You have no idea. Gee, am I supposed to pretend this is legit? It's a two-bit mafia operation posing as a municipality. We watched as a Dalton cop drove Enyard from her other job at Thornton Township to a Mexican restaurant for lunch. Well, who's going to pick up the check? She so got two jobs, two phony fracking jobs, two phony fracking pensions. Who do you think picks up the check at the Mexican restaurant squirrel? We do. Trustees say the security detail picks the mayor up at her home in the morning and is with her until she's dropped off at night. Nothing but the best, baby. Better find some time to go shopping. Often taking her on errands and shopping. There we go. How you doing? Wesley Snipes, ironically a drug dealer. Noted for destroying New York, bringing crack to the neighborhood. Uh-huh. That's about right. Where's the mouse here, squirrel? Tom, Blue Island. Sean Dittos. Thank you, babe. Damn, glad you're back. Oh, thank you. Hey, uh, I got a, pulled a permit in Dalton about a month and a half ago. Did you dress up like Wesley Snipes? dollars job. They wanted 450 bucks, but I'll tell you what. Yeah. Old girl, she ain't too... She ain't too bad on the eyes, man. She, hey. did, she, she can do some sales things, man. Sure, if you're going to get robbed, you might as well like the like the person robbing you. I think you, there's a vote for Tom. She's pretty and still a gangster. Robert, Chicago. Hi, Sean. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Good, good. Um, Not to just mention Dalton, Illinois, which has been taking a lot of PPVs and been, have been mismanaging uh, it. Also, there's other towns like North Chicago, Illinois, Bellwood, Illinois, and Maywood, Illinois, also been abusing PPV throughout the years. Well, Robert, there's a reason they call it Crook County. And let's go to another gangster who's really not that pretty, Grady Preckwinkle, Tony. In the meantime, how, how, how's Cook County's finances? Oh, they're doing great. Does she need a security detail? Absolutely not. 
Why? Why would you need a security detail? Oh, she loves it. She just loves it. She loves the detail. <laughs> I think. Um, I mean, it is funny. It's funny. Keep voting Democrat. You're going to laugh your way, not just into bankruptcy, into absolute third world living conditions. By the way, how much are the taxes? Craig, I'm on Greenwood. Craig, wake up. I'm here, John. Don't don't give up on me, John. I'm here, man. I'm- you, you're getting kidnapped hey. by the Sinaloas? What happened? You you break down in Dalton? What are you doing? Yeah, all right, but I'm hey, I'm not far from these areas and everything. That's so, hey, sound terrible. You sure you're not tied up in some sort of case and the Sinaloas aren't auctioning you off to your family, a little kidnapping entrepreneurs? <laughs> no? No, I'm over. I'm in, uh, I'm in the state confines of uh, my daughter and son-in-law and everything like that. And, uh, you know what I'm saying? They're very protective. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so well, we got to get you on a different line. You sound terrible, kid. In the meantime, Rich in Indiana Park. Hey, Sean. Great to have you back. You too. You don't sound much better, but go ahead. <laughs> Just wanted to say one thing. Uh, John Anthony and Verlon did a great job uh, while you were there. Yes, gone. they're great guys. Yeah, even though Verlon with that. So, you know. I don't know. I heard uh, he, although I, I, from what I understand, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't listening. I was on vacation, but I was sent an email. Number one, when he messed up talking about the gold and how Americans can own it. But I heard he kind of turns a little bit. He wants the government shut down. Gee, I wonder who was right three months ago. Go ahead. <laughs> what I wanted to say is that uh, this Byron Flood we got for a president. He goes to Michigan and joins the picket line for the auto workers, and he tells them how he's backing them. And in the meantime, he knows all along that their jobs are going to be cut probably 40% in the near future because it's cheaper. Uh, uh, they don't need as many people to build their electric cars. Rich, so basically, it was there for the votes. What you saw was something your ancestors would have never put up with. You saw an American president line up with a labor extortion mafia who's riddled in scandal, has misappropriated $70 million of its own due payers' money. And you saw the president of this country side up with this mafia and pretend to stand for workers instead of all the other workers and the entrepreneurs that actually pay taxes that are a benefit to this country versus the pastor of corruption known as the UAW. Are you doing? Hey, are you doing? Made a lot of sacrifices. Gave up a lot. Yeah. When I think of union auto workers, I think of sacrifices and giving up things. What do they want? 40% increase. Oh, and then they have to afford Obamacare. You see, they had 10 years where they didn't have to pay what me and you had to pay. That's more than government favoritism. That's the example of absolute mafia government. Sidle up with the labor extortion mafias. I'll be back in 21 hours to kick their teeth down their throats again. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.